0: my life. Pastor Gridiron, Kevin Gridiron, so gracious, so kind, thank you. My friend and a type of mentor, Walter Harris, he was the one that helped me get into school. I called him probably every day to try to get in there. I didn't have any help except for him think Loxley, amen? And, and Loxley, those two, God used them, even though I didn't know it, to get me in there. And there were lessons I had to learn at Cal Poly. I had to fail. I had to fail. I'm going to say that one more time. I had to fail in order for God to bring me to the place where I am today. To surrender my life to Jesus. And that is the greatest event that has happened in my life. Give God the glory. I want to thank my friend Victor Porter for coming. He texted me and asked what time, and he's here. I bless God for him. He said he wanted to get fed. So okay, Jesus, you gotta feed him. I I can't do it. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, these are your people. You have called them by their name. Each and every one that is here, you have prepared their hearts already because you want to speak to them concerning what you want them to hear. Now let your will be done. Let me step out of the way. Holy Spirit, you step in and take over. I yield fully to you now, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Let the authority of heaven be upon your word. Let the power of the Holy Ghost be upon your word. And let your signs and wonders follow according to your will. You and praise you, Satan. We bind you, we cast you out in the name of Jesus. There's no place for you here, but Holy Spirit. We invite you to come and take over. We surrender to you, for without you, we can do nothing. We yield fully to your way on tonight for thy glory thy honor and thy name sing. anoint my voice strengthen my voice let the power of the holy ghost flow through it do what only you can do bless these thy people in the mighty glorious awesome name of jesus christ i pray amen glory to god we're going to go straight out of the bible Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you for the anointing, Lord. I see it and feel it. We're going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Glory to God. God is good. We're going to talk about, for the next several minutes, the kingdom of God. Yes, because Jesus came from a kingdom. He is a king. And we need to be able to understand how his kingdom works. And we need to be able to operate in his kingdom because it's a spiritual kingdom. So it requires us to actually live in the spirit. In the flesh, you cannot function in the kingdom of God. According to the word of God, it is written that unless you are born again by the Holy Spirit, you can't even see the kingdom of heaven. You can't even see it. And if you're not born again, you can't enter into it. Now, he's talking about the kingdom of God because it's something you can't see with the natural eye. You can only see the kingdom of God through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Give God the glory. Ah, yeah, yeah. I feel my help coming right now. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I just want to read Romans. Can somebody get Romans uh, fourteen seventeen? And I just want to do a introduction to what the kingdom of God is not and what it is, and it's all contained in that uh, first verse. Got to get my water. Romans fourteen, verse seventeen. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It means it's not in the flesh. Uh Uh-huh. But righteousness, which you can only get through Jesus Christ, and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, not him being on the side of you, not Him being somewhere out there, but now you got to step into him and then he will step into you. It's a marriage. You step in and he steps in. It's a covenant. It's a promise. It's a union. The two shall become one. And then the second scripture I want to give you at this time. To give you further understanding of what the kingdom of God is, is 1 Corinthians 4.20. Glory to God. For the kingdom of God is not in word. Now, that's surprising to a lot of people. That's very surprising because most people think, well, I know the word. Well, you can have the word, but you can also have the letter of the word. For the scriptures say the letter killeth, but the spirit maketh alive. In other words, he quickens you and causes you to live by the spirit. Because if you remember the word, Jesus Christ himself was baptized in the river Jordan. And when he came out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon the word. So you have to have the word and the spirit working in unison for the authority of the kingdom of God to function. It can't be one or the other. It has to be together. Unity. Glory to God. So we're going into the book of Acts chapter one and we're going to go to. Verse 3 through 5, and then we're going to hit 8 and 14. Mm-hmm. And when you have that, say amen. Uh-huh. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, talking about Jesus Christ, many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God called a meeting with his disciples because he was going to instruct them on the coming of the kingdom of God to visit them, and he wanted them to be aware of what was going to happen, uh-huh. what the kingdom of God looked like, how it would function in its initial stages. It's called the birthing of the church. Some call it the birthing of the church because this is the day of Pentecost. This was also the promise that the Father had told, that Jesus told them the Father would would give them, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. They were in Olivet when they had this meeting. Mm Mm-hmm. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Now when you wait on God, you don't wait just twiddling your thumbs. When you wait on the Lord, you wait in prayer. That's how you wait on God. You don't wait being troubled or worried or full of doubt and unbelief. You wait on God in prayer. So you wait on him because that's the only Other than that, you're going to be frustrated, confused, angry, disappointed, and then the devil's going to start talking to you. And you don't want to listen to anything he's got to say because everything he says is a lie and the truth ain't in it. So as you wait on the Lord, you read your word, and you're in prayer, and what this will do is bring peace to your heart and your soul and your mind, and it will clear your mind to allow you to hear the voice of the Lord, your shepherd, and then he will lead and guide you into all truth. Amen? Verse 5. And then, help me teach this Holy Ghost the proper way. Uh, Verse 5 says, For John truly baptized with water. Now he's still having a meeting before he ascends back to heaven. This is the last thing he does before he ascends back to heaven. He's he's meeting with his disciples to give them an understanding of what's about to happen because they've never experienced this. No one on earth had ever experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, John was baptized at birth. So, John was full of the Holy Spirit coming out of Elizabeth's womb. Jesus himself was born of the Holy Spirit, wrapped in flesh. Emmanuel, God with us, okay? All right, so he's instructing them, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Now, it's very interesting that he relates to John's baptism because in John's baptism, there's no salvation. There's no salvation in water baptism alone. The salvation comes through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that has the authority to baptize you in the Holy Ghost, and he's the only one that has the authority to give you salvation. So when he talks about being born of the Spirit, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Verse 8 He said, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the world. You cannot be a true witness of God until you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not you witnessing, it's the Holy Spirit through you witnessing to who Jesus Christ is and what he has done. Now the works that Jesus did was by the Holy Spirit. He said, I don't do these things of my own. He said, it is the Father that dwelleth in me. He does them. Okay? Glory to God. So in terms of being a witness for the Lord, he's not just talking about uh, preaching the gospel to someone or telling someone about Jesus Christ. He's also talking about the demonstration of his power. If there is someone sick, you can pray for them through the Holy Spirit, they can be healed in the name of Jesus. Uh huh, uh huh. But the power is through the Holy Spirit, it's not your power, huh? it's not by might, Zechariah 4 and 6. It's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So we understand that when we do these things, it's the power of the Holy Spirit working through us to accomplish what? The work of the kingdom of God so that Jesus can be glorified. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak of himself. The Holy Spirit speaks and glorifies Jesus Christ. Okay, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Verse 14, just want to confirm with this dear lady in the glasses and in the lovely black top there. Glory to God. These all continued with one accord in prayer. a confirmation on how you wait and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus yes even though the Holy Spirit used her God used her to bring forth the Messiah Jesus Christ just because God uses a person does not mean you're baptized in the Holy Ghost Mary was used by God in a very powerful way to bring forth Jesus Christ into the world Messiah but yet she had to go to the upper room and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit so don't be deceived just because God uses a person it doesn't mean they're baptized in the Holy Ghost Hey, oh my god oh wait wait a minute wait a minute if he can use a donkey the donkey's not baptized in the Holy Ghost come on see there you go so what we're talking about here is Is surrendering to the will of God. See, it's a difference between just being used by God and then surrendering to the will of God in the kingdom of God. It's a big difference because a lot of people want to be used by God, but they don't want to surrender. And God can use them and throw them away. But when you surrender, you belong to him. You're his. He doesn't throw his away. Oh, my God. Glory to God. God, I feel you talk, talk to your people, Jesus. Talk to your people. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Now, it's interesting. Jesus said, you shall, in Acts 1 and 8, he said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost has come up on you. But look at the first manifestation, according to the scriptures, of the Holy Spirit. The first manifestation in Acts chapter 2 we see it is written verse 1 through 4 it is written and when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord that means they were they were in the spirit uh, being with one accord you're in, on one accord with who? the people? no you're, you're in one accord with the spirit see, you can be in one accord with the people and they in the flesh that don't help you you gotta be in one accord with the Holy Spirit See, in the name of Jesus, you see what I'm saying? So, so you got to be careful because a lot of people say, "Well, we all on the same page." But yeah, well, you all in the flesh though, and that don't that don't help nobody. See that you don't, you wouldn't want a court, but on the in the flesh, you got to be one accord in the spirit, because he don't make a mistake. But in the flesh, we make many mistakes. We error and we fault and we, you know, we come up short. And that was a very powerful scripture Pastor Walter gave because over there repenting. Lord, I need to walk worthy of this calling. Glory to God. So so, so, as they were on the day of Pentecost when it was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. They weren't standing, they were sitting. They were there for ten days after Jesus had ascended they had to wait Jesus didn't tell them how long they had to wait. And that's just like God. He don't don't always tell you how long do I have to be in this situation, Lord? When are you going to fix this problem? When are you going to fix this situation? When are you going to take care of my shortcoming? When are you going to take care of my weakness? He don't tell you how long. Very rare does he ever tell you how long. But he causes you by not telling you to trust him. He causes you to completely submit and surrender to Him because you got to wait for Him. And He don't tell you when He's coming. He just comes whenever He wants to. And as soon as you get tired and ready to give up, He shows up. <laughs> so it's a trust issue that God is building. It's kind of like the church is the bride of Christ, Jesus is the husbandman. And so any man who's about to marry or is married or is marrying, A bride, he wants to introduce her to his father. I'm going to take the bride. Here, come on, come on. I want you to meet my father. He runs everything. Let me show you how his kingdom works because he controls everything. He runs it all. So the husbandman, Jesus, wants to take his bride, the church, to meet the father. And he wants to introduce the bride to the father, which is the kingdom of God and how it operates. It's like if a man was very wealthy and he had a lot of businesses and this person was about to come into the family, you have to understand how our family operates. You have to understand how our family functions. we got a lot of businesses and this is how our business works and you coming into this so you have to learn and understand how to function in our family and that's what God is doing to us. We are children of God. We now are engrafted in, uh-huh, by the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross, glory to God, at Calvary, where he died on the cross to pay for our sins and to bring us in as children of God and joint heirs to the throne. And if we're joint heirs to the throne, then we have to know how the kingdom of God functions. The only one who can teach us how the kingdom of God functions according to Jesus Christ, he said, I'm going to send you a counselor. I'm gonna give a lawyer, if you will. I'm gonna send you a counselor, someone to teach you and lead you and guide you into all truth. He's the one that's gonna lead you to me. And anything that I have said, he'll bring back to your remembrance. He's not gonna let you forget. Because everything that he's gonna say is from the word of God. That's how you know who's talking. Oh my God, from Oh, my God, from heaven. So the Holy Spirit's job is to teach us how the kingdom works because Jesus left him in charge. Oh, my God. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Jesus said, if I don't go away, I cannot send the Holy Spirit. He shall lead you. He shall now guide you into some truth, Mm, 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 mm. Mm, mm, mm. my God from heaven that's why he says the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost there are not enough people in the church that are seeking and pursuing the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. We're not, we not talking a drop. You know, not just a little drop, a little drop. You can't live on a drop. He said, be filled. In this area, there's a lot of wine. Huh? He said, be not drunk with wine wherein is Excess. A lot of people running around here, wine tasting and all kind of crazy stuff, getting drunk and everything. Glory to God! But He said, "Now be filled with the Spirit." That stuff can't help you. But what I got for you, with no charge—it ain't no wine tasting here. You get it all for free. Hey, glory to God! <laughs> you don't—you don't have to join no club. You don't have to get on the—they—they—they—they—they—they—they they, 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 they sale list and. Uh, We'll send you a case. Uh, If you buy two cases, we'll send you a free case. God don't make no deals. He said, just come to me, and I'll give it to you freely. All you got to do, according to Luke 11, is ask for it, and it shall be given unto you. My God from heaven. Good God almighty. So now he tells them about the kingdom. He tells his bride about the kingdom and what's about to happen. The power of God is coming. But we see in Acts 2, we see the manifestation according to verse 3, Acts 2, verse 3. It says, And there appeared unto them cloven, means two, tongues, like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Tongues. One is called other tongues. Other tongues means a language that you don't know but it's in the earth. Horizontal. Other tongues is horizontal. It's an earthly language to communicate with those that you would not ordinarily be able to communicate with. The second tongue is vertical or called an unknown tongue, according to. Uh, Paul in the book of Corinthians it's called an unknown tongue because he said I speak with the tongue of men and look at the order see that, that way it's no confusion God is consistent he said I speak with the tongue of men and of angels men first so it's horizontal first then it's vertical huh tongues of men and of angels Glory to God. And this is exactly the order that it happened in on the day of Pentecost. It was horizontal. It was the tongues of men called other tongues. And then the tongues of angels. Uh, we see that in Acts uh, 19 and 2. We see that also in Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius and Peter. Glory to God. Uh, so yes, it's there. Glory to God. Uh Verse 16 and 17. Acts chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. To confirm to the people that this was already spoken of by a prophet. Because everything that happens in the Bible is confirmed by the word of God. It says in verse 16, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse 17 and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. What is God saying? The first stage of the baptism of the Holy Ghost because he said, uh, John baptized you with water under repentance, but, 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 but I will baptize you the Holy Ghost not many days hence so we see according to the scriptures the order of the release of the baptism of the Holy Ghost was not initially power it's not there it's not initially power it's initially tongues initially it's tongues when the Holy Ghost comes the first response or the first experience you're going to have is a heavenly language because that's what he says in the scriptures here that's the first manifestation is the heavenly language why because you can freely now communicate with your father without any interference Uh, the devil don't know what you're saying he can't hinder your prayers he just know you're talking directly to god glory to god you're going straight to the father you got you got g5 clearance you can go you can go straight to the top And, and, and thank you, Jesus. It, it's just so powerful that God wants this back in his church. He wants the power back in his church. He wants the tongues flowing freely back in his house because he established it for a reason. And the order is to bring the Holy Spirit in what? Through the experience of speaking to the Father directly, God will then respond because we don't always know what he's saying. But then there's also, and let me just add this, there's also what's called a prophetic tongue. When the service is going forth, and this is under uh, unknown tongues, this is this is it's not three different tongues, it's, it's, this is under the unknown tongues. When the service is going forth and a person will stand up then and then loudly declare something in the spirit, in tongues, there's a hush that the Holy Spirit will bring because It has to be order. It can't be chaos. The Holy Spirit will bring a hush so that that person can be heard. Then there will be an interpretation of that tongue, either by the person that spoke it or by another individual. And if there is no interpretation, let that person keep silent in the church. Glory to God. That's what's called order. That's God's order. Because there's not chaos. He said, do all things decent and in order. But he wants the Holy Spirit to take over his church once again as it did in the book of Acts. People are not coming because they're saying, well, I just don't want to hear someone talk. They want to see what they heard about in the Bible. When they see that, they're going to respond because it's Jesus doing it. It's not us. Jesus wants to take his church back. Somebody hijacked it, and he wants it back. (laughs) Give me back what's mine. Glory to God. Uh, Last scriptures before I pray for some people. Uh, Acts chapter 3. Before I do that, let me read Acts 2.38 and 41. Acts 2.38 and 41. Because the salvation part of this is very important. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Watch this. 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. How is the church going to grow and expand? Three three ways, repentance, baptism in water, and baptism of the Holy Ghost. It has to be proclaimed the baptism of the Holy Ghost because now you're going to see the change that only the Holy Spirit can bring. We can preach to you all day long, but only the Holy Spirit can bring true change. He will use the word of God, as I said before. He doesn't speak on his own. He speaks what Jesus has said. So the Holy Spirit can only change the heart. Okay? And so when we preach the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit has to respond to his word, then we will see more people baptized, not just in water, but in the Holy Ghost. And then we will see the power of God being demonstrated like we're going to see in Acts chapter 3. Five more minutes, and I'm done teaching. Acts 3, 1 through 9, I'll read this quickly. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked and on. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold. Verse 6. I'm in verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he said, and he took him. By the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking, leaping and praising God. Verse nine. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. This is the demonstration of the introduction to the kingdom of God. Jesus told them, I am going to discuss the kingdom of God with you. The first thing we see, we see the manifestation of tongues, earthly level tongues. Then we see heavenly tongues. Amen. And then what we see is the uh, baptism in the Holy Ghost, according to Acts 2, uh, 38. Repentance and then the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's how those people came into the church. They came into the church with being taught repentance and the teaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost and then we see that they were added to the church oh my god oh whoa, whoa whoa wait a minute oh did you see that order repentance baptism in water and the Holy Ghost then they were added that's how you keep the devils out oh Oh, my God, that's the order. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's the scriptures. That's the order. And then you see the demonstration of power because you're not fighting against so many devils. Glory to God. It makes it easy because you have people with one thing in common, the Holy Spirit. Then the power can flow. You don't have people opposed to the anointing. You don't have people blocking the anointing. You don't have people distracted by by other things and being in the flesh on their phones while the preacher's trying to preach. Oh, my God. That's how the power of God is going to flow. Just like the scripture said. And if we follow his script, he guarantees he will show up. If we follow his script, Can we just stand and lift our hands for a moment? Let's just worship him for a moment. Let's just forget about ourselves. Put your mind on what you're believing Jesus to do for you. Father, I break shackles and chains in the authority of the name of Jesus from any of these thy people that have burdens that are put on them by the enemy. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command them to be unlocked and loosed According to thy word, for it is written, you said, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I loose the shackles, the chains, the limitation, the confusion in their mind that the enemy tried to put on them. But it's broken right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of fear from them. In the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. Doubt and unbelief. I command you to go. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. And I thank you for the blood right now. Worry. I rebuke the spirit of worry. Oh, God, Jesus, you are Lord.